And so the reason that we wanted to record this episode is that Georgia Tech is actually going to go and have their opening game again in the same stadium in Dublin. And this year they're going to play Florida State on August 24th. And so we know some people that have just kind of requested for our Ireland tips ahead of their trip. So we wanted to go ahead and get this out and be able to share our experience and some tips for them as well. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoyed as much as we do, or those who want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on earth. In this episode, we take you along a driving tour of Ireland. Our trip was focused on the southern half of Ireland and anchored through Dublin. Join us as we experience the sights, sounds, and taste. We'll share our itinerary of what we did, where we stayed, and what we ate. So pack your passport and join us as we tour through some amazing places. We planned this trip around the Georgia Tech versus Boston College game. We knew we were going to this probably about a year in advance, but we didn't really make any concrete plans until the spring of that year. Yeah, I think I sat down and made, read through some things and really started contacting people and making the plans in the spring. And so the reason that we wanted to record this episode is that Georgia Tech is actually going to go and have their opening game again in the same stadium in Dublin. And this year they're going to play Florida State on August 24th. And so we know some people that have just kind of requested for our Ireland tips ahead of their trip. So we wanted to go ahead and get this out and be able to share our experience and some tips for them as well. Yeah. You think they'll pack this in their suitcases? I don't know. Maybe, but that'd be pretty, pretty risky for me because I don't have a passport right now. Yeah, we should know. Scott's getting his renewed in plenty of time. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, making sure just don't look at that expiration date. A lot of countries won't let you in. You need like six months. And his was going to expire in the spring. So yeah, and I've to- got some upcoming travel that's going to require a visa and your passport has to be good for a certain amount of time before you get that visa. And I was running really close on that. So we decided, hey, we're here this summer. We're enjoying the beach. We're not taking any big trips. Everything we're doing is very local. And so great time to renew the passport. So I recommend to everybody who's listening to this and thinking about heading overseas, pull out that passport, look at that expiration date and make sure you're aware. Yeah, absolutely true. That's something you have to plan in advance. So let's look at, talk a little bit about planning this particular trip. So of course, we were planning it around this game, which was going to take place on a Saturday. And so we knew that while we were over there, we wanted to see we had not neither of us had been to Ireland before. So we definitely wanted to pick out and make this a vacation trip for a, a week. So anchored one in on the game and then having the other weekend. So really about nine days total. But I will point out, we did want to make sure that we arrived on a Friday instead of like trying to get in because that would have actually been so like if you do that overseas trip and then you get on Saturday morning, which there were people who came in, went to the game and then left and went back home. I mean, that was some diehard fans. 
you know, right there. But we knew that we wanted to come in the day before just for, you know, jet lag and then, you know, being rested. And then just also if you have delays, like, I mean, the whole reason you would go like would be would have been missed. So we wanted to arrive on Friday. All those sound like really good reasons. But in reality, it's because Melissa always likes to tack on travel to any trip. Well, that's true too. So, so we actually booked the flights with Delta Sky Miles points to, you know, just, we had those to use to make it a little bit more affordable. And so, so we also noticed that just talking to people that were there and people that we knew, so it was a couple of different itineraries going on. So people were either traveling the week before and then ending with the game or the game. And then the next week, and then some people were doing the, the itinerary we're going to tell you about. And then some people did it in the reverse order. So it doesn't really matter. It was just you know, kind of preference or whatever. And either way works. Yeah, absolutely. So in Dublin, we relied on hotels like Weston Hilton. And so also point out just so you know, this was a trip, we had four adults traveling. So we had planned to go but then my sister and her husband, Stephanie, who was on our Alaska episode, and her husband, Ed are also Georgia Tech graduates, Georgia Tech fans. And so later than we had planned, planned to go, they said, Oh, we want we want to go. And so they pretty much just kind of since they were going to you know, road trip with us, used our itinerary. And then she's more of the planner for food and restaurants. So happy to have them tag along and yeah, make we've those said plans. That before. When you travel with Stephanie and Ed, you don't go hungry. Absolutely. Yes. So we had some good food that we are going to tell you about. So, so yeah, so we just wanted to make use in the, in the city. We wanted to make use of just like rewards programs that we had in rewards points, but outside of the city, I relied not only for the itinerary that we're going to talk about, but then also just planning our accommodations on Rick Steves guides. We highly, highly recommend, especially in Ireland, also in Scotland, but especially in Ireland, trying to find some bed and breakfast. And that was actually some of our most memorable experiences, getting to know the owners of those bed and breakfast and just getting recommendations for them or them just being so proud to show off their area and their property and stuff like that. So I will point out that I did check though, all the places that we did, I checked to make sure that those places were we're still in operation. I checked a few of the websites for the places that we stayed in. The names of those people that we met, their names are still on there. So that is that is good to see. You know that this was this trip was pre-pandemic, so that's good to see that these places are now you know open back up and, and operating. Not only for the places to stay, but restaurants and then the landmarks that we're going to talk about. Just check opening days and times. Also, if you'll need tickets or reservations, and definitely book your accommodations. I mean, if Especially for a week trip. I mean, if you're going for a super extended period of time, but I would say, you know, book your accommodations for at a time for sure. Yeah. And a lot of the places we're going to be talking about outside of Dublin, it's not like you're going to get there and find a hotel. You know, bed and breakfast are the way to stay there. And so make sure that you're planning this trip out in advance. We're providing you a great itinerary to use. I think it's a well-timed itinerary as well. Is with any trip, there's always more things to see and do. You can't do everything in a single trip unless you're going to spend a really long time in a place. So, you know, use this itinerary as kind of a plan to make your plan. Yeah. And I think for a week too, like most people take like to take vacation for a week and then have the two weekends. So I think this is a great itinerary for like a one week vacation. I will also say that if you are not member or joined up with Scott's Cheap Flights, which is now called Going. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. But 
I often see really good deals to Dublin. And so if that's somewhere where you could like, you know, see that deal and they do have a free plan too. So you can just sign up and, and get those and they have paid, paid plans as well. But where if you see something for Dublin, that might be a great opportunity to grab that in the future and then make your plans based off of that because I do see those. And then that way you're, you know, at least your flight can be a little bit cheaper. And I, it wasn't also like terribly expensive, you know, I mean, it's probably gone up a little bit, but like outside of the the cities and stuff like that, I, I don't mean like, oh, this is like a terribly expensive, you know, trip. We had the rental car, we had the hotel rooms, we had the few, you know, things that we did with the tickets, but it wasn't like cost outrageous. And there weren't, it wasn't like five-star hotels either. You know, I mean, like I mentioned, I think we stayed at a Hilton and a, you know, Weston It's probably four-star, but then the bed and breakfast, you know, they are what they are. Nice, but just not overly expensive either. So, um, so just based on my research, here's kind of what we decided on. Our main itinerary was going to be Dublin for the weekend for the game. And then to, to be able to do everything that we wanted to see and do in Dublin. And then we headed South and then kind of West. And as I mentioned, you could do that in the reverse order. So we chose that we wanted to highlight Glendalow National Park. We would stop in Kilkenny, see the Rock of Cashel. We chose to do the Dingle Peninsula the Ring of Kerry is the other choice. That's probably the more popular choice. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Then up, back up to see the Cliffs of Moher on the way to Galway. We actually took a ferry and stayed overnight on one of the Iron Islands and then back to Dublin and then to fly home from there. So let's start a little bit and talk about what, in addition to the game, what we did in Dublin and what you don't want to miss. So the first thing, the biggest thing I think that is something that you want to go see is the Book of Kells housed at Trinity College. And so what the Book of Kells is, it's a manuscript that illustrates the four gospels and actually dates to the ninth century. And it's housed in the gorgeous library there. So you do need time tickets to go in to see that Book of Kells, but just just a just a masterpiece, the history behind that. And can you imagine the students at that Trinity College? This is the library that they get to use. You know, you go in, it's a big center hallway with, you know, multiple stories. It's open. There's rows and rows and rows of books in this is what they get to use for all of their research. And it's just a phenomenal place. And I couldn't imagine having that as a place where you go and get an opportunity to study and and have access to. Right. Like, I mean, you go, you just don't know what to expect. That's why I like a lot of these things, you know, be able to just go see them for yourselves. Right. The Book of Kells is one thing, but then just not expecting the grandeur and the size of that library and and just all those books and how old they are. Another big thing that you'll want to make sure to see is the old jail, the Kilman Gale there. We did that when we first got there on Friday afternoon. We also had time tickets for that later in the afternoon. Um, so we also did a hop on hop off bus tour. So sometimes we don't do these a lot, but sometimes we do. We've talked about that. It's a good way if you have a limited amount of time to just like see, like, especially if a lot of the highlights are, you know, landmarks and stuff like that. We, we did one in Paris one time when we had a, just a brief kind of couple of day or a day really stay in Paris, you know, it allows you to kind of see the outside of a lot of things. And then if you have more time, you can get off and, you know, go into some of these places. And we really had a packed trip. So there's no way we were going to get around and see everything in, you know, downtown Dublin, and that's where that hop on, hop off really helps to fill in some of those gaps because you might get to see 
places, you're going to hear a lot of the history that they tell you as you're on the bus. And so, you know, it's a good way to fill in the gaps of the things that you just don't have time to go and see. Right. You go by the Molly Malone statue, if you're familiar with the song, with the story of Molly Malone and some other things like that. We also, so St. Patrick's Cathedral is there in Dublin and we actually chose, or Stephanie and I did, we chose to see that, the inside of that by attending the Evensong one afternoon. And that's something that I've done several places, including Westminster Abbey, just to be able to not only experience the the church and see it, but then to hear the music inside of that. I, th- I believe that Ed and maybe you went to watch a, I don't know, soccer game or something like that somewhere, but I know Stephanie and I attended this. Or it was before we knew the tips and tricks around jet lag um, that we've talked about in previous episodes. And so maybe the jet lag had hit in and we might have, you know, wandered back to the room and taken a nap. I don't know. So another big thing that you definitely want to see in Dublin is the Guinness. It's called the Guinness Storehouse, but it's the Guinness Museum and Visitor Center. Visitor Center. And you can actually have an opportunity to pull your own pint, gift shop, things like that. So you can do a tour there. I think you do have to buy tickets for that as well. There's a very particular way that you pull a pint of Guinness. Yes, and they teach you how to do that. So that's just something fun and neat to do as well. And also, so of course, Irish Whiskey, the Jameson Visitor Center was actually closed for refurbishment while we were there. And so we actually went to the Teeling Distillery Tour and enjoyed that. So I would say one or the other, or also there is an Irish whiskey museum that you could do as well. If you're more interested in the history of the whiskey, instead of ours was more focused around the Teeling brand and then how they distill it and then a tasting, but there's a tasting at that Irish whiskey museum as well. And most people go for the tastings. Right. So you definitely also want to check out the neighborhood called Temple Bar. That would be a good place to go in the evening. There's pubs with live music. There's also boutiques and art galleries. But I remember specifically going to a place called the Boxty House and having traditional Boxty here. In addition to some kind of soup or chowder, look at, we thought that was actually called the Boxty, but but looking back, Boxty would have had the potato pancakes with something else. So we had some kind of super chowder as well that we really enjoyed. Maybe it is chowder. You know, when I think of chowder, I think of like, you know, clam chowder or something like that. But if anybody out there is listening and you know what this soup is, basically it was potatoes and bacon and stuff like that served with some Irish soda bread. It was phenomenal. It was great. Very hearty meal. And so if you know what that is, drop us a, you know, leave us a comment. Tell us what it is because we would love to remember the name of that. Yeah, especially if you've had it at that Boxty House there in that Temple Bar neighborhood. That would be a extra bonus. But yeah, so I, I remember we had that and we had some local ciders as well. Another thing that we ended up doing more last minute, so unfortunately I don't have exactly where we went to this, but we did a dinner show that was the Irish River Dance with the Irish folk music along with the dinner as well. And I do remember there was huge group from Iceland that was a very lively with a very lively crew there that night. But that's something I think that you need to do while you're in Ireland. So I'll look and see if I can find some options for that as well and put some links. Maybe so. you can find a Viator link that you can post out there and people can use. You know, we love using Viator when we're 
both on cruises as well as in a city to find, you know, local tours and guides and things like that. But you can also find these type of events on there. So yes, and that's just a handy way to yeah, be able to find those and and they're from, you know, trusted sources and stuff as well. So let's talk a little bit about more about food in Dublin, because it was definitely even then a food scene. And so I'm sure it's even more so now. And so my sister Stephanie had some recommendations from a friend of hers who had been. And so she kind of filled in the gaps. And since we had made all the plans, picked the restaurants and made the reservations. And so one of them that we did, I believe our first night when we were there was a place called Chapter One, which was definitely a nice high-end splurge restaurant, but very, very good. And then we also went to a place called Peruke and Periwig. And so they are known for their, or then, but I think from the pictures that I could tell, known for their cocktail presentation. And you see this more, I would say, mainstream now and here in the U.S., but this was the first time that we had really been exposed to this. So, Scott, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, these craft cocktails where today it's commonplace in a lot of bars and stuff like that. You can order like a smoked cocktail and they bring it out under that dome and they have the smoke, you know, penetrating into the cocktail and stuff like that. We had never seen that before. This was the first time when we were there in Ireland. And so they brought that out, that presentation, and they lift that dome off and you smell the the smoke that, you know, or the, the wood that they use to create that smoke. I personally am not a fan of smoky drinks and cocktails, but I remember this one being really good and to the point where even when we came back, we found a way to create something similar, like in an old fashioned or whatever, for some of our friends. Yeah. So, and, and I know you see this more now, but that was just a neat place. And I do remember when we booked that, like it was a, you had a certain time frame that you could you could be there, yeah. right? So that they could have it open for other people. And, and that was a, very a neat, intimate atmosphere too. Yeah. Kind of like a a little bit of a lounge feel where you sat maybe on a on a sofa on one side and the other side was some chairs around a table shelves filled with books and yeah. stuff so it was a very cozy atmosphere too almost like a and I think they had it upstairs it was almost like it was an old house yeah, hanging well, out in so. someone's you know den or library something like that yeah, for sure. So another place that we we did for brunch, I did notice it's open for brunch and lunch and then also dinner, but it's called The Little Kitchen. We did that before we went to the game. I think they used to open a little bit earlier, so we did it like 10 a.m. And I also noticed that now you can make reservations for that. So here is a tip. Speaking of that, having the brunch and then going to the game, we finished our brunch and then took a taxi to the stadium. So this was Viva Stadium. And then they dropped us off. But we ended up having to walk for what felt like miles to then get to the place where we could go into the stadium. So a lot of times with the stadium, depending on where your ticket is, right, you're supposed to use a certain gate. I don't know if that's what it was or what. But we actually ended up walking further than we took that taxi. So if you're going to that stadium for any event or you're going for this Georgia Tech game here in the next couple of weeks, just be aware, like try to look and see like where is it that you have your ticket are not able to go in. And if you're taking a taxi or something like that, make sure they drop you off close to that because we ended up walking a long, long way. So then let's also another tip about taking taxis in Dublin, which we 
So we're going to talk about the road trip part here in a second. And so we ended up renting a car, but we decided not to rent the car until after the weekend in Dublin. There was just really no point because then, I mean, we knew we would use a car in the city and you're paying for extra days on the rental car and then just pay to have it sit somewhere in the city and to go where we were going, it was more convenient to just to go back to the airport. So be aware. A lot of times I think before this, we had gotten used to using things like Uber and Lyft and things like that, just so that you don't have to worry about having cash, right? So you call them on the app and you have your credit card loaded and stuff like that. Well, when you get to Dublin, it's not like that. So the taxis are heavily regulated there, even now. So I did some checking on that. Even now they're heavily regulated. And so there's not Uber and Lyft and things like that. So you you have to use an, an app and one that is available, it's called Free Now. And that's what I remembered using. You can also hail one as well, but that just makes it easy for you to be able to call a cab. Now, I also saw that starting in 2022, the taxis are required to accept credit cards. So that helps a lot too. And we noticed that this time in London, it's easy to use your credit card. So that helps a lot too, not just have to have, you know, all this cash and worry about what it's going to cost and all that stuff. So if you're heading to Dublin, go ahead, download the app now, um, get it set up on your phone, get everything payment setup, stuff like that. That way you're not hassling with that when you're at the airport and trying to get to your hotel or whatever. It's already there. Just it's a different name, but it's exactly the same. You tell it where you want to go. It knows where you're at. They come pick you up. They take you there and drop you off. So you know, don't worry that it's not called Uber or Lyft. It's just, you know, this particular app is called Free Now and it uses the taxi system. Right. And that just protects their, their jobs and their taxi drivers and stuff like that. So, and that, so that's why just make sure, like, if you're going to that stadium and going to that game, just make sure, you know, like what your drop-off point is, is going to be, if you can kind of research that or, or ask. So we did rely on taxis a good bit in Dublin as a way to get around as well. So other than that in Dublin, I would say just Make some time to visit some pubs and hear some live music and stuff too. We were looking back through some pictures and things like that. And we had a couple of places where we went and had a pint of Guinness and stuff like that. So that Temple Bar area would be a good place for that. And just to kind of see like, okay, this is like, this is what it feels like to be, you know, in Dublin, in Ireland before you get out and experience the. And this is why we say Dublin's a good anchor point for this trip. Whether you're going north into Northern Ireland or going south into the area where we went, Dublin is kind of a good place that you can go in either direction. Yeah, that's true. And then that's probably where most of your flights, I mean, there's other places, but most of your flights are going to go in and out of Dublin. I'll tell you what I liked about the Dublin airport as well. So when you're traveling back to the U.S. from Dublin, you clear customs in Dublin. Yeah, you do. We thought that was really interesting, but then that just saves you that. So then you come in, flew back to Atlanta. We came through like a domestic, domestic terminal. Yeah, yeah, we came through a domestic terminal. So that was really interesting. That was the first time that we had experienced that. So that was Friday. Game was on Saturday. We had the rest of Saturday. We had all day Sunday. Stayed in Dublin Sunday night. And so then Monday morning, we um, packed up and took taxi or whatever back to the airport to pick up our rental car. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about rental cars in Ireland. I think this is true in lots of areas of Europe and the UK, is that the standard rental car is a manual transmission. So if you're not familiar with driving a standard manual transmission, make sure that when you rent the car that you specify that you want an automatic. In Ireland, you have to pay close attention because... Not only are you dealing with having to change gears, 
you're going to be shifting gears with your left hand instead of your right. And you're going to be sitting on the right-hand side of the car and driving on the left side of the road. So for you know those of us traveling from the States, this is something that you need to just you know be aware of. It's not difficult to do. You do get used to it after a while. And then just kind of randomly you'll you'll forget and you'll find yourself in the wrong lane, but correct out of that and just keep going. You even did that a couple of times on St. John, which is harder on St. John because you're on the, like the cars are like ours, but then on the opposite side of the road. So at least it helps remind you a little bit, but sometimes you go out to your car and then you're just like, oh, this is the passenger side or this is the driver's side. I would always ask Melissa, are you going to drive now? That's true. So, and also be aware that the cars are going to be smaller. So Use our packing tips on a previous episode. Go look for that 10 essential packing tips because we had four adults and a fairly small car. And then plus you're, you know, you're going in and out of, you know, different bed and breakfast guest house. You just want to have like all this luggage as well too. And then make sure that you also check like and understand like, do you need to take out the extra insurance on your rental car? Like either talk to your insurance agent because Ireland is one of those places I think for some reason, like you have to be mindful of the insurance or check your travel credit card and see if, you know, that covers and who that covers. You make sure the person that's renting it's the the card holder and stuff like that, or that you get, you know, extra travel insurance and that covers it. Just make sure you're totally covered for that rental car just in case. Yeah. And Melissa, I would say that this is the perfect trip to use one of those e-bags backpacks like we have. It's an oversized backpack that's really a suitcase and it would hold the perfect amount of clothing and stuff that you would need for this trip because you really don't need to pack a lot of stuff for this trip. You just need to pack in layers, be willing to wear the same jeans more than once, the same shirt maybe more than once, stuff like that. Have different clothes maybe that you go to dinner in versus that you just wear during the day or if you're doing some kind of activity, but you know, don't overpack for these trips. Yeah. And it wasn't like we were getting like super hot and sweaty or anything where like, it's like, okay, you can't rewear this for sure. So that would be a good, so we have that plus a lot of our other travel essentials on sunshinetravelers.com on our favorites page. So backslash favorites. Okay. So leaving Dublin, picking up our rental car and it was about one and hour and 15 minutes to Glendalo National Park. Just a great juxtaposition from being in the city for the weekend. We wanted to do some light hiking, go see a couple of waterfalls and just be out in nature a little bit. And they had like old cemeteries and some ruins and things like that, just to kind of wander around and and see just the nature and the beauty of Ireland. And I think this is where I got some terrific pictures of like old Celtic crosses in the cemeteries. Uh, It's terrific. So this this trip, the whole trip that we're going to be talking about, excellent from a photography standpoint. If you know got your photography equipment, make sure you bring it in on this trip. You won't regret it because we had some fantastic photos. They used to hang in my office at our other houses, and you know had those for a really long time that we took from this trip. And I think there was two or three pictures out of the you know maybe six or seven that I had hung that actually came from this trip. Yeah, just some beautiful, beautiful scenery. And then I think with the light and the the rock on the ruins and, and things like that. So we spent most of the afternoon doing that. I think we stopped 
somewhere along the way for lunch. And so that would just be a tip as you are going, doing, doing your road trip, just finding a small town, you know, if you pass through a small town, you know, just finding a local restaurant, a lot of times little small hotels, part of their business model is to have a little restaurant too, or a little pub and just having some, you know, lunch and pub food and stuff like that. But we were headed to out Kilkenny and then outside Kilkenny is where we were staying. So we, it was in about another hour and a half to Kilkenny and we had dinner there. And then from there we went on to, we stayed at a place called Locus Farm Guest House. It's run by proprietors, Mark and Anne-Marie. And I checked their website. Their names are still on that. They wished and we wished we could have stayed longer. They actually on their website, I saw to, when I was looking this up that they actually recommend that you stay two nights. And the tree house that they didn't have then that's on their website now, you have to book for two nights. But they, because you could just spend time doing things on their farm. And then she had a lot of recommendations of things that we needed to see in the area when we were leaving. And they also, so we have breakfast there. And then they also, that their house, which they had fully restored by hand. And he was so excited, invited us up and into the house and sh- just to show us some of the fabulous, like the, the lumber that they had used to make the beams and just their kitchen. And they had a fabulous windows. That's just the view of the landscape. I mean, it was just, uh, I remember the storage that he built under the stairs, like you actually lifted the stairs up and there was some storage underneath. Yeah, I do remember that. I mean, they were just so proud. I mean, and just to think that he had, you know, built all this by hand and how proud he was of it. And you know, and that, that just sticks out to us too. So definitely if you can book a stay at Locust Farm Guest House outside of Kilkenny, and if you can stay two nights and there's a lot to explore in that area, unfortunately, and that place is popular. Unfortunately, by the time my sister Stephanie had booked, they were filled up. And so she stayed close by at a place called Old Town Farm in Stonyford. And so we were able to just, it was close by, so we were able to drop them off and then go to our guest house and then pick them up the next day. And so then after we picked them up, we went to a place called Point Glass Studio for a demonstration. And also I make some purchases there and we still have those pieces. I'm looking at a paperweight that we got there that's sitting on a shelf now. Yeah. And I know we got like a glass pitcher and a few other things. And one thing that I, that stands out to me that I loved about Ireland, I mean, of course they wanted you to then, you know, purchase their things, but they had made it super easy to ship these things home. And it wasn't like ridiculously expensive either. So they had figured out a system to wear because you don't want to then get this glass blowing or we another place that was pottery. Or I also bought a piece of artwork when we were in Dublin and they were just so, oh, you want to have this shipped home? And it just, it was made it easy. You don't have to worry about it, get it broken. It was home by the time we got home. So that was a a great way to be able to purchase things, handmade items in Ireland as well. So from there, so then that day we, we did that, probably stopped for lunch somewhere. And the afternoon we spent the Rock of Cashel. So the Rock of Cashel is the most impressive cluster of medieval buildings in Ireland. So you can find examples of like a round tower, a high cross, the Romanesque chapel, Gothic cathedral, an abbey, the Hall of Vicars. And so this was originally the seat of the Kings of Munster. And so definitely something that you want to put it on your list. Like, I believe one of your other pictures that you were talking about earlier, I think was from here, just beautiful. And it sits up on a hill, obviously, because it's the Rock of Cashel. So it's up, up on a rock. And you just have a phenomenal view of the landscape. And I think I was going to say, 
you know, make sure you're visiting there either early morning or kind of late in the afternoon. So you get those really soft lights that, that come through the ruins. And so I think you'll, you'll find that the pictures just turn out so much better with that, those timings, but it's beautiful no matter what time of day you go. Yeah. And so definitely check for tickets for that because I'm pretty sure that we had like time tickets and I think there's certain times that you can go in the cathedral and things like that. So it was an hour from where we were staying to get there. And then we were going to have three more hours then to get to the Dingle Peninsula. So, so this is where people will either choose the Ring of Kerry or the Dingle Peninsula. And they're kind of Well, they're right next to each other. And so typically you would do one or the other because they do have some overlap. Ring of Kerry is the one probably that you've heard of or more people are more familiar with. And I guess just doing the research, I like to do maybe more off the beaten path type things. And so I thought, oh, since there's going to be a lot of people and we would see, you know, people from Georgia Tech and, you know, a lot of Georgia Tech and Boston College people wearing those things throughout the week when we were traveling that maybe we would do the Dingle Peninsula. And so Either one, though, definitely make sure that you have two nights for sure, if not three, but two nights. So then you have a whole day to drive that peninsula because it would be very difficult to do if you like tried to get there and then drive it. So you need a whole day to to do that as well. So so, maybe next time we can go back and do the Ring of, <laughs> Ring of Kerry since we did the Dingle Peninsula. Yeah. And so funny enough, I had actually prearranged to rent bikes. And I guess for some reason in my mind, we were going to like do, we were going to do the Dingle Peninsula on bike. So I had actually. That's because in our spare time, you know, we ride the Tour de France. Yeah. Cause that would, that would have been, it would have been a lot knowing, you know, after having been there and, and knowing it would have been a lot of miles. So I'm not really sure that was, thankfully, I guess it rained, but I had pre-booked them with a place called Patty's bike shop.com. And so thankfully, because it was going to rain and I just contacted them and it was like, okay, we changed our mind. It wasn't a big deal. And, and I guess I would wanted to have it like pre-booked in case like everybody was going to ride bikes, which I don't think was the case, but anyway, I think we saw anybody on a bike. No, I don't think we saw anybody on a bike. Well, and it was raining too. So, so, but that day it just kind of gave us, you know, even though I felt like, you know, thinking back, I don't think anything ever felt like super rushed, you know, because it was leisurely. And I mean, Ireland is not like huge, right? So even though you're doing a road trip, it's not like you're driving like six or eight hours. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, the, the scale of Ireland, we looked at it at its widest point across Ireland. It was like three hours. Yeah, if you were gonna drive from if you're gonna drive from Galway back over to Dublin, like that's what you're looking at three yeah. hours. And so you know, if you if you you know put that with, let's say Georgia, because we're familiar with Atlanta in that area, you can't hardly drive across Atlanta in three hours. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Or we live in Jacksonville, but if you wanted to drive all the way across, which is North Florida, if you wanted to drive all the way across to like, say over to Destin or Panama city or whatever, it would take you yeah, six hours, Yeah, five seven. or six hours. So just in scale wise. Now, of course, Ireland is longer than it is wide, but still it's not like we're talking about like, you know, you get to still see a lot and, and do a lot, even stopping as well. So, so we just explored that peninsula. It's called the Slayhead Drive. 
at a leisurely pace by car and just kind of stopping at some of the quote unquote like museum sites. And I mean, they're like touristy sites, like, but they're, you know, the beehive huts and then you can see the sheep and there's a place where you can stop for the beach. And so here's something we did not know until we visited, but we realized because we kept seeing these signs for Star Wars and we're like, okay, Star Wars. But they, we realized that parts of the episode eight had just wrapped up filming in like the Sybil Head and Dunmore Head areas of the Dingle Peninsula. And so, and the reason for that is because, so now we didn't go. So if you go to the Ring of Kerry, off the tip of that, you can see the island, which is called Scaling Michael. And so that's where they had actually filmed part of episode seven, but they had some issues with, because that is a site that's protected from a historical and environmental standpoint. And so they had some issues. And so then for the next one, they were not allowed back to go film on the Skelly Michael. And so they had to film, they found a place. So they actually constructed. So what you'll see in the natural part that you do when you do the tour, you'll see those beehive huts that have been there for a long time and stuff like that. But they had to like create their production site, which was actually still closed to the public where they recreated some of those and stuff like that. But if you do go to the Ring of Kerry, you can take a boat trip and go out to Scaling Michael at certain times of the year. So that would definitely be worth seeing. So I remember laughing about this and saying how many of these beehives and the rock walls and stuff like that are really original and historic. And how many of those were like some farmer said, Hey, we could build these. They look, they look really old and then we can charge admission to come in and see them. Yeah. Which is what we did. I mean, it wasn't much, but you stop at these old places and hold, hold the sheep and stuff like that. But you know, that's a good point. And thinking about that. So like a lot of times there weren't like fences, right? The, the division between either the property or the different fields was just like stacks and stacks of rocks. Right. And then that's how they kept their, their different herds and stuff like that. So it was just very interesting and beautiful landscape, places where you can pull over and take pictures. And like we said, stop and see the beach because you are, you know, right there on the coast and stuff like that. So I would say definitely, you know, if you only the have beach. like a, it was a beach. Yeah. I mean, you don't put on a bathing suit and go swimming, but it was sand and a beach. So, but lots of Star Wars signage. They were very proud of, they were very proud of this. So yeah, we had to do some research. So if you are big into Star Wars, definitely research some of those sites if that's of interest to you. So after we did this tour, I, think, I believe that's where we stopped somewhere and got the pottery as well, just some different places and found a place to stop for lunch. All right. So definitely if you're there, you want to check out the little town of Dingle as well. There's Lots of shops and restaurants. There's a statue of the Dingle Dolphin called Fungi. So we have some fun pictures of that. We had dinner at a place called Anchor Down Restaurant. We also did some shopping there for um, the Irish, the woolen goods. The So that was, that was a lot of fun. Have some gifts to take home and some souvenirs for us. So at we had stayed at the Milestone House. And so our host, Barbara, made us some recommendations, you know, for us there. And then as we were leaving, so there's a famous drive there called the Connor Pass, which can be not a good drive if the weather is bad. But she was like, oh, I think you'll be fine. And so she actually recommended that we take that Connor Pass and then go. We were headed then the next day, the day we left over to the Cliffs of Mower. And so she she convinced her to do that. Do you, do you remember anything about that Connor Pass driving that? I don't. So 
So to refresh his memory and to explain to you what this is, there's a lot of places. So you're like basically increases in elevation and you are on the side of the mountain and it's one lane. Yeah, one lane. Kind of a, it's a little bit of a makeshift road as well. But we would see, that's where we did see a lot of people on bikes and stuff like that. Uh, We're traveling this and you would just have to look way ahead of you and see if somebody was on that section of one-way road. And they had little pull-offs where you could wait. Yeah. And we stopped for a little hike. There was a place that had like a a lake up above. It was like super clear water and stopped for a little hike. So we had time. So it was just a night's driving. So I think that's why Barbara had recommended that we do that. But our goal for that day was well, twofold. We definitely wanted to stop at the Cliffs of Moher. And if you go to Ireland, you have to stop at the Cliffs of Moher and see that for sure. Um, you also there, you do need to, I guess it's like a visitor center museum. I think you can kind of see them, but there are is a place where you need tickets to be able to go in and see the visitor center and stuff like that. So um, we had booked tickets for that because I had made on my notes, I had some notes about I purchased these online, but you need to print them out and stuff like that, which may not be true today, but definitely want to see that. And also, so that was interesting. So for my sister and I, our maiden name is Carrie, but spelled C-A-R-E-Y. And I remember in that visitor center, them having like all the different names of like, here's the people that would have been from, you know, Ireland and stuff like that. And so that was one that was very prominent, you know, C-A-R-Y or C-A-R-E-Y, or of course, K-E-R-R-Y, any of those variations of carry as well. And then we were headed to Galway for that night. So it was probably doing that Connor Pass made it a little bit longer, but it was like about four hours to the Cliffs of Moher. And I know we stopped somewhere for lunch and then an hour and a half to Galway. So that was probably our most um, heavily, like our heavy driving day. And unfortunately, Scott started not to feel well by the time we made it to Galway and so yeah I remember we got there checked into our B&B and I basically just went to bed yeah so I don't know if it was something that he ate or just the traveling or what so unfortunately and that's why he you know mentioned there's a few places that we'd like to go back or we'll talk about those but he pretty much missed Galway so Galway is known for so I do have to say is it Galway or Galway I think it's Galway I don't know I'm so bad at this but anyway someone will somebody yeah somebody tell us we stayed at the Asgard guest house, but Galway is definitely known for the music. And so that's what we, I think we got you some Gatorade or Powerade or some kind of electrolyte drink so that when you were up for that and just kind of let you rest, we just had the evening there and the next morning. So Stephanie and yeah. Ed and I ventured out. I just to, stayed in the room. You guys went out. I remember you found some kind of wedding party that you crashed. Well, that was on, you're getting ahead of us. That was on, um. On the Iron Islands. Oh. So I think you did rest for a couple of days, but that was that was then that was the next yeah. night. Well, so yeah. We'll talk about the Iron Islands because getting over there you have to go on a ferry. Yeah, and- poor thing. Scott had a had a couple of rough days. So yeah, so unfortunately I think you could definitely have a couple of days in Galway. We did not have that much time. We stayed at the Asgard guest house and it was a little bit outside of town, but we did have the car, so it wasn't you know, it wasn't a super big deal and did have dinner and then uh, spent a little time doing the Irish music. But the next morning we did have the ferry ticket, which you take from very close to Galway to see the Iron Island. So now that one I do know it is actually spelled A-R-A-N 
Islands, which if I looked at that, I would be like, okay, Aran Islands or something like that. But I do know Aran Islands on that one. So we actually chose Inishmore to visit. So again, just looking at the guidebooks and seeing where we would go. So we left that next morning and we would spend the night. That was the recommendation. I mean, yes, you can go for the day, but we had the time. And so just be able to be able to see that in the evening. And we were glad that we did because it actually rained pretty much that whole day when we arrived. Again, I I had booked bikes again, planned to do bikes. So now, of course, here we get there and we're like, okay, it's raining. And the guy's like, oh, it's not, it's not a big deal. Oh, yeah, we have luggage. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, I had planned to like go put our luggage up and then like come back and get the bikes. But I mean, it was it wasn't just like, oh, it's sprinkling like it was a downpour rain. And so the bikes were just out of the question. Very over was very rough. Yeah. So poor Scott, he he had a rough time of it because he, he was a, he was a trooper because it was, yes. So I would say, be aware of that. If you are prone to seasickness, you might just want to be aware of that because it is one of those smaller, like cat fairies, like you would take in Greece as well. And because of the storm, it was pretty rough. So if you are, have like a lot of problems with seasickness, that might be something that you want to skip. But if not... Or plan for, right? If, yeah, or plan for. That's you true. Know, take That's some true. kind of motion sickness tablet. For, for me, I was already sick, so taking something like that really didn't help. It was kind of late. But, you know, if I'd been feeling better and then plan for it to take a motion sickness pill or tablet or use a patch or whatever, then it might not have been so bad. But it was a, I remember it being really rough. And so when we got there, once again, I was just looking for a place to go and lay my head. Yeah. And so I'm also going to, there's actually some, some funny, um, Stephanie and I did like a funny, like video of us doing the ferry. And then we also had an interesting experience with the artwork at the place in Galway. So I'm going to put some links. I'm going to post those on, on social media, Facebook and Instagram and places like that. And so just so that you can go see, and then I'll just, I'll post the links here just so that you can kind of get a feel and visual, you know, it's great to hear. It's great to read things, but sometimes to see some of those visuals is a lot of fun. Sunshine Travelers podcast on social media. Yes. Um, But if you can go over to some of these islands where it's just not going to be so many people, it was really a neat experience. So thankfully in the afternoon after that storm, it was the sky just cleared up and was absolutely gorgeous. Now we didn't have a car. We had, so it wasn't a car ferry. Let's go back and say that it was not a car ferry. The island is still pretty big. And so I think that's why I said, okay, we can bikes and do this. But thankfully we found somebody, I don't know if it was the person at the bike shop or just somebody in town, but we found a guy who was a taxi driver who was willing to take us out there and then stay and then bring us back and kind of show us the island a little bit. And so because we only had the one day, um, I don't remember that it being like super expensive, but I, I think I remember saying, okay, this is going to, this is going to cost us money, but this is going to be worth it because we've come all the way out here. We want to be able to see this stuff. So the big thing to go see are the ruins at Dunegan. So that's in English spelled D-U-N and then space A-E-G-A-N. And then also the seven churches and Scott, Going back to where you're talking about those pictures, that's another one. The light was beautiful on that stone, the ruins of that church. You had that one as well. And that's where somebody, we saw them getting married. I remember the driver came back later in the day to pick us up. So it's one of those things where we said, hey, in, you know, an hour, two hours, whatever, he would come pick us up because by that time, I think I was actually feeling a little bit better. And so I remember going on this 
this part of the trip with you guys and going around and seeing some of that countryside there on the island. Yeah, you did, and go into these ruins. But yes, we had organized it with him because it's not like a place where you would have taxis, and we probably didn't even have cell service out there. I mean, it was like you you're far, you're far, like you're off the coast of Ireland, probably the last thing before you know back over to America. Like you're you're far. So we stayed at a place called Clyban. It's C L A I space B A N. Very convenient, you know, kind of close to where the ferry takes you. And Stephanie and actually, I think you were still resting. We had actually had a pl- lunch at a place called Joe Waddy's, which was close by. So Stephanie and I could walk there. And we enjoyed that so much that we were like, we're going to take y'all back here for dinner. Like this was so good. Well, we walked back over there and like, oh, I'm sorry. So we're closed for a private event for food, but you can come in and have drinks. Like we can't, they can't rent out the whole thing or something, but we don't have the capacity to like feed this private party plus do the food. So we ended up walking back near where the ferry drops you off and having to play, have dinner at a place just called the bar, which was fine. I don't remember. I looked it up. It is still there. But, and then I think you guys were tired, went on back and suddenly like, Oh, let's go, you know, back to this Joe Waddies and, you know, have drinks and hear some music and hang and out. That's where you crash the wedding. So party. that is where we crash the wedding. So it was actually the people who we saw earlier in the afternoon getting married near those ruins. And they were having their wedding reception there, but just for whatever reason, ran out the whole place. So we could go in and have drinks and they were doing all their toast and stuff like that. So yes, we, Stephanie and I crashed a wedding reception in Ireland. So the next day we took the ferry back over. So then this was really our last, this was our last full day. So a trip is coming to a close. So we took the ferry back over. And one thing that Ed wanted to do is he wanted to go see a sheepdog demonstration. So he found a place that would be kind of on our way to do that. So we kind of drove uh, north and toward the area of Connemara National Park. So that would be a place like if you have a couple more days, that's where I would say like kind of continue on. So we, the place that he found was called Joyce Country Sheepdogs and they were open that day and you could just pop in and, you know, pay for like a demonstration. That's just part of their you know, their farm, their business model, their, you know, to earn some extra income to do that. Well, so what was so interesting, we get in there and we're waiting for the guy and his his daughter or a couple of his kids or whatever. Well, they have pictures from the movie Marley and Me. So like that guy, he was like younger, but like pictures of the property and stuff like that. So it was actually, if you're familiar with that movie, Marley and Me, it was actually the place where if you look on the movie, like their car is stopped and then like all the all the sheep that's actually on that property and you you see his stuff and they use that for that movie so that was really neat so we we did that demonstration and got to hold the dogs and see him you know do the whistle commands and and all that stuff so that was interesting just to learn about the sheep dogs that was really neat because uh, he and i think his brother on the side of a mountain that their property faced it was over across a lake Oh, it was beautiful. And there was this mountainside. They owned that, and that's where they would graze their sheep. Well, he needed to be able to instruct those dogs from where he was, you know, in case that they needed to move the sheep somewhere. And so literally with those whistle commands and hand commands and stuff like that, he could have those dogs move the sheep across the lake on that other side of the mountain. Yeah, it was really incredible. And 
As we were preparing for this, we looked back at some of the videos. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible, just his commands and the and the whistling. But I had forgotten about that part. So yeah, it was just, it was a phenomenal. So if you are in that area, I think it said he was open every day except for Sunday. And they have certain times where they do those demonstrations. So that was a, that was a good, thanks to Ed, that was a good little uh, place to just check out the, check out like, I don't know, just the agritourism and support them and then just learn a little bit about their, their trade and stuff as well. So, and then also looking back, we, we had stopped at a place, I guess on the way, maybe or right after in Main Valley, a place called Peacocks. And I had a picture of us eating lunch and then we're watching an auction for like sheep and stuff too. So, but that was a place that was like a hotel. Like I mentioned earlier, it was a place that was a hotel that had a restaurant and stuff like that. So just all kinds of interesting experiences, you know, when you travel that you're just not going to, that you're just not going to have. And so then basically from there, we went back driving from there. It was like Scott said, it was like probably about two and a half, three hours back to Dublin. And so what we ended up doing is I think we probably dropped them off at the airport. They had booked like an airport hotel. And in hindsight, we should have done the same thing. We had planned, okay, we're going to use points and stay back at this Weston and go back to the place, the Boxty house. But I think we were just pretty exhausted. We had an early flight out the next day to return home. So we've mentioned this in a couple of other episodes, but just probably for this trip, we should have booked just something at the airport and then just being very close to fly back out. Yeah. When you're at the tail end of a trip, if you're traveling into a city where the airport is and you're really the main reason for traveling back to that city is to go to the airport, you might want to consider just staying at an airport hotel. You know, they're not going to be the most picturesque. They're not going to necessarily be in the greatest areas. But, you know, if your purpose is to be there and to get up early the next morning and jump on a flight, they generally fit the bill for that. Yeah, that's probably the only thing that I would have, you know, done differently on this. So probably our biggest tip, though, for Ireland that we tell people is outside of the cities, stay in those bed and breakfast you know, research those and stay in those that that really was the highlight of some of our experiences there. And then, of course, we've mentioned it, but a couple of notable things to do is if you if you run across, you know, a glass blowing demonstration or a pottery demonstration or a place that makes the pottery, you can bring home some handmade things and support, you know, local craftsmen or the dog training and the sheep dog training demonstration as well. That was that was great. And then, of course, the music in Galway. Those were definitely the highlights. And, of course, the crashing the rehearsal or the wedding dinner, but then that you can plan. So other things that we would do. Well, Scott, ask you other things that we would do if we were going to make this track. What, what would you add to the list? So we didn't go into Northern Ireland at all. And so I think in the next trip that we make to Ireland, and I do believe there will be a next trip to Ireland, but the next time we go there, you know, we want to go into Northern Ireland and see that area um, and, uh, and and spend time there. But quite honestly, there's so much in that trip that we did that we would like to go back and see. I mean, maybe it's a two-week trip that we just spend in Ireland and enjoying it. Right, for sure. And so then some other places, like even in the area that we went, you can go. We didn't go the furthest, like very far east. So go into Waterford, right, where they make the Waterford Crystal is a place. You mentioned the Ring of Kerry. So since we did the Dingle Peninsula, 
go into Shannon and Shannon might be a town where you can also fly in and out. Like I yeah. know they have airports there too. So that, I mean, it might be an option as well. Um, yeah. we we'll look forward to it. So Melissa, one of the things that we like to do with destination travel is to talk about, you know, what should you pack in going to Ireland? We talked a little bit about it. You know, when we said go on to our website, sunshinetravelers.com and, you know, look at our, our, some of our favorite packing items that we use we talked about that e-bag backpack. It'd be a great tool for you on this trip, keep you from overpacking a little bit and choosing what you need, but to help people understand what they should pack, give us an idea. So definitely a rain jacket and then pants. I mean, I don't know in the summertime if you would ever really need shorts, you know, maybe some hiking shorts or something like that. So we were there right after Labor Day. And so we definitely just had jeans and things like that. But also as we got onto the coast, I did have like a beanie cap and needed some gloves. And I had a warmer rain jacket, like something I had gotten from REI. So a lot of jeans and sweater, but I would say layers too, because I do, when we look back at those pictures at Glendalow National Park, we had on je- I had on a pair of jeans with like a tank top, but then later on I had like a long sleeve t-shirt on over it. So definitely pack in layers. So think tank tops, t-shirts. But then up to like a, you know, long sleeve and then sweaters and stuff like that. And then, of course, good walking, hiking shoes. And we recommend, you know, things that you can be like dual purpose. So hiking tennis shoes, walking shoes, but then something that would be good for dinner, you know, with a pair of pants or something like that, or just something that's kind of like dual purpose. One thing that I'd recommend is you might actually need some hiking shoes there, walk, you know, walking shoes, something that's a little bit more waterproof, weatherproof. Because we did come across some muddy, dirty, you know, conditions hiking into some of these places. So I think I would recommend that. And then, you know, I'm sure you can wear that with, you know, a pair of jeans at night to go into a restaurant. Like, don't overthink this. You know, you don't need to pack a lot of different items. And as I said earlier, you know, be okay with wearing the same thing a couple of different times. You know, you're on vacation. I say it all the time. You're never going to see these people again. And quite honestly, if you see them multiple days, they're going to be wearing the same clothes. I do have to say, though. So I had that green REI jacket and like this beanie cap and jeans and like those Sperry. Like, so my hiking shoes were like the Sperry low sides. And our daughter, she did like, I don't know, text me or message me on one something. And she's like, Mom that looks so good. You look like a model. And I still remember that to this day. So I know Scott always says you don't have to be like so fashionable or whatever, but that, that was a proud moment for me for her to say, Oh, I like your outfit. That looks really good. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's more or less that you don't need to take two and three outfits per day. And all that's going to do is just add stuff into your suitcase. Your suitcase is going to get bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden you're trying to figure out how to transport this suitcase because you're in a small car, right? Just be mindful of that and say, hey, we're going to be on vacation. And the purpose of this is to get out and see the nature and stuff like that. And so I might, you know, you might wear the same pair of jeans all week. It's fine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Rewear. And then I think the layers also allow you to mix and match and swap. And we've talked a lot about that and, you know, kind of having a little capsule wardrobe to where I can have a different, you know, shirt with a different sweater or a different, you know, jacket or something like that. So absolutely. Reminiscing about this trip really makes me want to go back and spend more time 
exploring all the things we weren't able to see, as well as some of the things I missed while being sick. There is just never enough time, and we had some of the most amazing hosts in the B&Bs that we stayed at. They were also welcoming and proud of their role as host. Next time, we are going to have to include Northern Ireland into the trip and see some of the locations where television hits like Game of Thrones or Son of Anarchies were filmed. I'm sure that many of you listening on this episode may have had your own adventures, and we would love to hear them. Leave us a comment or send us a message to tell us what was your favorite memories. We are always inspired by your stories. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes as they are released. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram as Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember, that's travelers with one L. Most importantly, share it with your friends to help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companion. 